Hi again, everyone. Tim and Anthony with you today as we bring you episode number 60 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. As Anthony is, for the second time this year, off the DL and is ready to perform his duties admirably here on Radio MVP as he has had his challenges here. First and foremost, before we get started, Anthony, how are you feeling? And I hope everything's going well. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. And I feel like Chris Sale said it today. It's, it stinks being on a DL twice. But if I can come back like Chris Sale and his team did last year, then I'll be okay. <laughs> so is it, it's great to be back. I don't want to jinx anything like I said uh, when we first got on. Uh, so it's good to be back, you know, talking sports. And we're heading down. Uh, it's a tournament time in basketball. I know it's a busy season for you. Hopefully a long run that ends in Pittsburgh and later on maybe uh, down the line somewhere else in Pennsylvania. And then uh, the greatest season of them all has finally begun somewhat. Yes, it has. Pitchers and catchers have reported. Yes. And uh, what? Friday, I believe, the entire team reports? Friday, yeah. Yeah, the uh, late stragglers who who don't – want to come down and be the early birds come down but yeah the i think the whole team works out as one group on friday i believe it's that time of year again yes it is yes it is it's gonna be fun it's it's always you know brings optimism brings the thought of warm weather coming mm-hmm. our way and uh warm thought yes been here in northeast ohio lately uh up down rainy snowy mm-hmm. weather uh, the thought of uh, some sun rays and baseball just kind of warms the heart. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It brings a lot of good memories to mind. Yeah. You know, we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's mm-hmm. get into uh, some of the news that's going on in the world of sports. Mm-hmm. And the biggest news uh, is in the NFL in the last, uh, mm-hmm. really in the last 48 hours or so. And the biggest news uh, happens to be our two teams making it. Uh, me being a Browns yeah. fan, you being a Broncos fan. So let's get right into it. I want to get your thoughts on the Kareem Hunt signing by the Browns. Just your overall thoughts on every all the issues involved and anything that you want to absorb. And then I'm going to give you my opinion. Well, I think, number one, uh, I was kind of surprised to see him sign – this early, so to speak. I know the new league year doesn't begin until March 13th, uh, but considering what he's gone through since about week 10, 11 of last season until now, uh, it's surprising with the investigation and legal matters still not played out yet. However, if there was going to be a team to sign him, I'm not surprised it's the Browns. Um, Considering John Dorsey was his GM in Kansas City, he's very familiar with them. Um, look, I don't. I guess I don't understand it as a whole. Considering Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson, probably right now, it's probably the best backfield in the AFC North. Maybe, I mean, Connor's really good in Pittsburgh, but. I would take Johnson and Chubb over Jalen Samuels. And then Cincinnati's got 
okay. In Baltimore, they just, you know, whoever they plug in and feel like. So I guess I don't understand it because after the season Nick Chubb had last year, this guy showed when healthy, he's a, he's a three down back. Um, and with all the legal matters going on, you know, we see what happened with Ray Rice and Ezekiel Elliott and all these other guys that have unfortunately gone through this uh, domestic violence cases. Um, there's a suspension looming. It's, it's guaranteed. So you think at minimum, I think, what, Elliott got four games? Is that what they decided upon? Six? So six. And this hasn't, you know, this hasn't been resolved yet. You're not going to have him playing until week, say, five, six, seven, eight, when you already, you know, you're halfway through a year, and that's that's getting time for playoff spots to be determined. That that would be almost a year that he has not played competitive football. So I don't know really what you gain from it. It's only one year deal, and he's going to be out more than half the year probably. So I just don't understand it from as an overall point of view from the Brown spot. Um, I mean, look, on the field, he's one of the best running backs in the National Football League. But is he going to be on the field? That's the biggest question. You know, we don't know. Look, if they had signed him after the legal system played out and Goodell said, you know, this is he's he's suspended, you know, this game or he's, you know, then I can understand it. But with it, with this situation still being very murky, it kind of makes you scratch your head of, you know, why do this now? Uh, that's my thought as an out. If I'm a Browns fan, I'm sitting here like. We don't need more running back help. That's probably the the one area on offense we don't need help. I will say this about on that level. Just the, I would take the opposite point of view on that. Is anytime you can add depth to your team, you're doing a oh, good. Yeah. On pure talent level, and the Browns running backs, they had three of them this year, and two of them basically played. Mm-hmm. At, you know, when you traded. Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde away. Oh, yeah. You just you made room for Chubbs to start, and and Johnson played, and then you had Hilliard as as the third running back. I think if anything, what you're doing is adding depth to your team on a on a physical and a player status wise. Uh, my biggest question is not his talent. We know his talent. Oh yeah, and you know. I have problems with this. Um, you know, I get it. Look, as we know in football, and we know especially in football more than any other sport, the more talent you have, the bigger leash you have. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was famous for saying something of that caliber. You know, the bigger the star, the more room they have to fail mm-hmm. and make mistakes than the guy who's the 45th man on the team. And that goes probably across the board in the NFL. I agree with you that Dorsey connection makes all the sense in the world why it happened. I think John Dorsey was recruiting him 
instantly when he became mm-hmm. a free agent and just waiting for the opportunity to make his pitch and why this is best for him. And I think there's a trust between the two of them that's, that got that done, I think. And the investment for the Browns is a minimum contract. Mm-hmm. No guarantees. So on that level, you can't – it's nothing but positives. But when you get back to the moral issue, uh, you know, uh, domestic violence, uh, striking a woman, having it on video, uh, that's difficult. You know, you yep. got you, – it's just it's, – it's, you know, like you mentioned, there's other players who have gone through this. It doesn't make an excuse for it. Mm-mm. It's uh, – I don't know how. I, I mean, part of me just hates this. Absolutely. I know a lot of Browns fans that do. Uh, now, I understand the talent level. I'm not even questioning that. We Anybody who's watched the NFL the last two years knows the talent level of Kareem Hunt. Um, I will say this. What it tells me is this signing tells me that John Dorsey is still creating and getting talent. For this oh, yeah. And – uh, talent on both sides of the ball, and as fat, you know, he's he's accumulating more talent. And you, when you can get quote unquote value in the NFL, you don't pass it up. And I think no. that's what he's seen. And I get it. I get it on the football field why you want him and why you sign him and you do this. I will say this: Do, do people deserve a second chance? That's what I was going to bring up. For the most part, yes. And, you know, you could say, why hasn't Colin Kaepernick got his second chance? And he's never struck a woman. He's never nope. done anything other than take a knee in protest. Uh, you, you know, and that's, you know, a guaranteed right in the United States uh, to voice your opinion in that. And to have a a platform if you have it to use it i and on that level you can say those apples and oranges but in the same vein you can say why does a person with uh, a violent uh background gets a second chance while someone who did a very simple gesture um does not and did not hurt a single soul and i guess i'm I, i part of me uh uh, has has a, a dilemma there, and I haven't quite come to conclusion of what it is. I I get the difference. Uh, I do know the difference, and you know, everybody who's ever been taught in sports and in life, you don't strike a woman. And no, never. Um, you don't strike another human being. And yeah, and you know, I'm not making excuses here. Uh, reading more in depth here in the last, mm-hmm. you know, during this past week. Uh, Cream Hunt, unfortunately, you know, is from a poverty area of Cleveland, and his family has had run-ins with the law, both domestically and uh, in criminal court. And you know, it's is he a product of his upbringing? Maybe, but you know, sooner or later, you have to figure out a way to stop the 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 violence. You got to make your own path. Yeah, and we'll see. And I, I'm gonna. I, I want to give him the second chance. I'm just not thrilled with. You know, it's it's really difficult to get past, and I and we, I still have problems with it. Talking, we, I thought I knew exactly what I wanted to say, and I'll be honest, I don't. It just Sam, it's I, a lot, and it frustrates me. 
this is a lot like the subject we discussed uh, nearly a year and a half ago when Malik Richmond uh, yes. earned a walk-on spot at Youngstown State. We we knew what we felt inside, and I know myself for a fact struggled to put it into words. And I think you also had a tough time putting your these feelings into words. It's look, it's a lot more in depth like you said, then does someone deserve a second chance? Yes, it, we've all gotten second chances. I've gotten second and third and fourth chance. Now I haven't struck a woman. But, you know, I could maybe under – I don't agree with signing right now. I don't understand it. Out, you know, besides a depth standpoint, and you always need depth in the NFL, um, especially seeing what the Browns have gone through at, you know, star positions the last couple of years. Would you be more understanding and accepting to this if they say had signed him week five or six after all the legal things had played out? No. 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 And, no. and I'll tell you why, because that really doesn't matter. Because the way the system works and I signing him now puts him back on the exemplar for the commissioners. Mm -hmm. So he's not involved with the team or the organization on a daily basis. He can't work out. He can't do this. He can't. However, Does he even play this year, you think? Uh, yes. I Here's the thing. And, I and you know, you look like Jameis Will, uh, uh, Winston, Winston yeah. last year. Uh, same type of scenario. And he got a three-game suspension that was kind of – Negotiated down by the Players Association in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing could happen here. I'm not saying it will. Just same same thing could happen. They could be as stubborn or as uh, you know rock and not moving on it as a six game suspension that Zeke Elliott had. Mm -hmm. And I and I get that too. Uh, you know, I think that's what you're looking at. Three to six games. Um, I think tradition is six-game suspension. So if that does, it brings it down to, you know, a potential 10-game season for him. Mm -hmm. And this is why you sign him like you did if you're the Cleveland Browns. You don't occur a full-year credit unless you play 10 games mm -hmm. or active for 10 games yeah. in a season. So in a sense, by signing him now, the Browns probably guarantee themselves two years' control of Kareem Hunt, mm -hmm. while the rest of the league won't have that. And then you never know what's going to happen because of injuries. You know how the league works. Yeah. And that does matter. So uh, signing him now for the advantages for the Cleveland Browns organization makes total sense to me. Uh, it's going to be up to Kareem Hunt to prove himself uh, to the community and to himself and to the league and, you know, give himself that opportunity to uh, move on. Supposedly he's had some, some counseling and other uh, systems that have been put involved since his uh, release. We'll see, you know, um, everyone deserves a second chance, even when they do, you know, horrendous things. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to earn a second chance and we'll see. 
you know, where he goes from here. Like the Browns said that he has, you know, there's no guarantees here. And, you know, one slip up and he can be gone. So, you know, the Browns have been down this road with Josh Gordon. Yes, they have. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, and, you know, different scenario. You know, Josh Gordon was um, – his problems was with uh, substances, you know, and totally different type of scenario. And, uh, and he continued to have problems when he left the Browns to go to New England. So uh, I'm not surprised by that. We call, you know, you and I talked about that when the trade happened uh, to New England. I says, yeah. I still don't think he'll play this year. And he hardly okay. played. Yeah. yeah. He made some plays, you know, some important plays, both for the Browns and for in the, in the uh, Pats during the season. But, you know, he's just, he's just too unpredictable and I'm not sure he can handle it, you know, his situation. And uh, again, talent gives you opportunities in the NFL and sports. Uh, your character, not necessarily. Uh, you maybe uh, put yourself out there on a limb like a uh, Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. you never get a second chance. But if you do something uh, that lands you in the courtroom, and you're not behind bars, chances are you're going to get a second and third yep. opportunity. And, you know, Foster, look at what's going on there and others. Uh, so, I mean, this is nothing new, unfortunately. And hopefully it ends, though. I, I would love to see a season in the NFL where we're not talking about a domestic, domestic violence, violence. Yep. scenario. And, of course, and we can actually, you know, uh, you've probably seen these at workplaces, you know, where they have uh, – there hasn't been an injury on, on the workplace yep. for yes. X amount of days. Yes. I would love to see the NFL have that type of thing when it comes to domestic violence. We haven't had a domestic violence report against a player for X amount of time. And, and just let, have that clock continue to run and see if they can come up with it. Because when you get down to it, I know hockey's had a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basketball, they all have had it, and I would but like not to the level of the NFL. Yeah, you know, you know, the NFL seems to be more, and that might be a product of the of the game itself. The aggression, it's yes, such a violent game, yes, in with, and the anger that needs to be played with at times, and uh, you know, some of these players have trouble taking that personality off the field into real yep. life. So, I, I, that's my gut feeling. But, yeah, I think maybe, you know, as we have those uh, clocks in those days uh, you see in workplaces about mm-hmm. injuries, I would like to see uh, all those major sports do that. Because, I mean, baseball's had its problems in the last year or two. And uh, let's let's clean it all up. Let's, let's put them all under the microscope and do that. And it's time. It's time as fans that we demand that. And – it's time as even two guys on a podcast to suggest such the thing. And I, like I said, it's, it bothers me quite a bit. And I want, you know, I want what's best, not just for the Browns, but for cream hunt and those who are involved mm-hmm. with them. And hopefully that cycle of violence will end. And that's all I'm going to say on that right now. Cause we can go on and on and on, and I, there's just no need. However, I still want to talk about the NFL. A big trade yes. happened today. 
uh, out of the AFC North to the AFC West mm-hmm. as the Broncos have acquired Joe Flacco from the Ravens, a former MVP of the Super Bowl, another tall quarterback headed to Denver. Yeah, it's – you know, on one hand, I I really like it. He's a proven winner. Uh, his playoff record, you know, speaks for itself. Uh, I think I read today Flacco has seven career road postseason victories. That's four more than Denver as a franchise has in 60 years. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. However, he's coming off an injury last season. And he's getting up there in age at 35, I believe, now. In that range, yeah. So he's up there now. And career number-wise, it's Case Keenum kind of. But I think he's a much better quarterback than Case Keenum. Here's the thing that I'm struggling to understand. Are, are we rebuilding or are we going for it now? And... The fans all see, and I think the general public sees, that it's probably time for the Broncos to rebuild and get younger and shed some cap space. However, with the coaching signings of Fangio and Munchak and Flacco now at quarterback, they're not in, in rebuild mode. And I don't think – as much as John Elway will come out and say, we got to rebuild, we got to retool – you know, we got to get younger in some positions. We got to share some cap space in some positions. He will never rebuild. That's not the way he was. He's wired. That's not the way he was brought up in Denver as a player. That's not the way he came into the organization when he took over. That's just not how he was built. And I think it's in large part. I think deep down he feels a a huge obligation more so than most director of football operations slash GMs to owners because his relationship with Mr. Bowen and the Bowen family is very special to him. So Elway will never rebuild. He wants to win and he wants to win now. The defense outside of a few holes, it's probably playoff caliber. If you sign some guys and, and draft in the right position and tweak some things scheme-wise. You got Shelvin Miller on the outside. That's a good start. But even with Joe Flacco at quarterback, who I believe is an upgrade over Case Keenum, you still got to get playmakers. You don't have a tight end healthy. Jake Butt and Jeff Hireman, who showed promise last year when healthy, can't stay healthy. Uh Emmanuel Sanders is coming off an ACL. Chris Harris is coming off an ACL. And then your other two receivers, Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton, while they have a lot of talent, they're very raw. Now, they threw on the fire last year, got some reps. Jordan Taylor, who was supposed to be counting on, missed a whole year last year with injury. The offensive line's a mess with Larry Hurt and, and Matt Paradis Hurt. So it's a lot of guys you're counting on to come back. But we know with ACLs that they don't heal as quick as we all want them to, especially in guys who are getting up there in age, such as Sanders and Harris. Um, 
18.5 million this year for Flacco. It's not great, but it's not. Uh, you look at the Broncos' schedule, and I'm not sure. You look at the opponents, and I know Elway wants to win now, but I don't think Joe Flacco puts their top to a playoff team. Uh, look, eight and eight, maybe, yeah. I, I jump for joy with that, but. I don't know. I don't think he's done yet quarterback-wise. I think there's a trade for a younger guy or or drafting one this year. But you can't go in with – Case Keenum's not going to be your – he won't be no, on the Case roster. Case Keenum is going to be traded or released, yeah. I mean, I just – there's no way around that. I so agree. you're eating the money that you shot out to him last March. Yeah, so, you know, that's last year, though. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, the NFL is – like we said, a what have you done for me lately business. And Flacco's a proven winner. So he has familiarity with Munchak, or not Munchak, but with Scrangello and Fangio. So, um, look, at least they have a veteran presence under center who has proven he can win games and proven he can win the biggest game of them all. So now it's up to them to get players around them. Yeah, well, I thought it was the perfect match. Uh, going into the offseason, I kept never. I think everybody thought if there's mm-hmm. one team that's going to make a move for Joe Flacco, it would be Denver. Yep. And Denver, uh, you know, found the perfect partner in, in Baltimore because Baltimore needed to make the move. Yes. Uh, they were going to release him probably in a month on, you know, March 13th when the new yep. uh, year begins in the NFL. So uh, that's – Kind of reminds me of last year when the Browns traded for uh, Tyrod Taylor. Same type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted a veteran who could come in and play today and who you knew would be your number one quarterback. And that's John Elway. I mean, you yep. look at John Elway in his career as a GM, you know, he he made the decision to, to bring in, you know, Peyton Manning, which was mm-hmm. – the you couldn't do better than that. Uh, yeah, I know Peyton Manning was coming off injuries and people were scared, but I mean, you look at what he did in his career it was phenomenal. And without question, it was the correct move. And now that Manning's been gone, they've suffered at quarterback. He's drafted a few. They've, and none of them have panned out. None of yep. them. And he's drafted three of them and none of them has panned out. Osweiler never panned out. Uh, Paxton never panned out. Uh, with Simeon. I mean, he was all right. Yeah, I mean, he he was functional. Yep. Uh, but he was. You're not going to win Super Bowls, as you said. No. You no. Know, these these guys, they fill the gap. You know, I had a Twitter argument with uh, a guy. You know who, and I, you know, was trying to tell me. You know, Ryan Ryan Tannehill and a few other rests. They're all the same quarterback. They're not yep. going to win you anything. They may win you eight to ten games on a good season. But I don't see them you're going to build a Super Bowl team around them. Now, there's 32 teams in the NFL. Not everyone's going to have a great quarterback. We know that. Mm-hmm. And as a Browns fan, we definitely <laughs> uh, You need the quarterback, you know. And that's why teams will take a chance on a veteran every time mm-hmm. because they know what they're getting. Uh, even if it's a year or two stopgap. I still think you're right. I think Denver's still in the market for a quarterback. Will it be in the first round? I doubt it. 
It could. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, you know, I don't think so, but it, I guess it could happen. Good. I'm surprised. Uh, I think they may go after a wide receiver or something like that because they need depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, maybe a tight end. Who knows? Uh, there's, there's a lot of possibilities, but I think they're going to, you know, try to shore up the offensive line, other things they, they can do. So I thought it was a great matchup. I thought it was the two teams that had to, had to come together to make a deal. And, you know, they said mid-round for a mid-round pick. So yep. mid-round, I mean, is three, four, or five. I and believe they're giving up a fourth. It's be, yeah, it's a fourth? Yeah. Last they report, they just yeah. said mid-round yeah. that I had. So, as, like I said, when he's talking mid-round, you're talking third, fourth, or for fifth. Fourth, fifth, yep. That's for a starting quarterback. That's, that's nothing. nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Yep. So, do it every that's time. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how they do. I thought it was a good move for Denver. thought it was a great move for Baltimore. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the problem so far for Denver long-term is John Elway has not found that young quarterback. No. He's tried three times, and he's failed three times. And when he's gone with the veterans, he seems to have a little bit better luck. Yeah. Matter of fact, you look even at Case Keem didn't have statistically a bad year. He actually had a pretty good year, and he had no one to throw to because, you know, they traded Thomas away and others. Uh, so, and they just they didn't have the most continuity team last year. So, mm-hmm. they have a brand-new start and the brand-new quarterback. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, Flacco made the most sense in Denver and then maybe Oakland, San Francisco, Los, An- Las Vegas team. Yep. <laughs> yeah, or now I heard reports of – Birmingham, Alabama, trying to get them. Well, my, my understanding is they signed a deal to play at. Um, uh, well, it's changed its name, but it was AT and T Park in San Francisco. It's where the Giants That's, play. Well, I heard that also, and then they came back, and it's not, and not anymore. Oh, because really? the forty the 49ers with some. Yeah, like, there's a geographical right, thing. Yeah, geographical. So that's not happening anymore. So now. They'll probably end up back at the Coliseum. It's you know this is like a husband and wife fighting, and you know they're in talks right now, and you know hey, hey yeah, it's hey, a divorce. It it's an ugly divorce. It's 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 heartbreaking actually to see what's happening in Oakland because yeah, I don't uh, uh, to have to have your team ripped away from you thirty years ago and to get it back and to have it and ripped away ripped away again is just it's just sad and. Unfortunately, that is the world of uh, sports in America. Simple as that. Yep. And uh, it's going to happen again and again and again. And we've seen it multiple times in multiple sports. And it will continue to happen, unfortunately. Uh, doesn't happen as often in baseball, but it does happen. Yep. It has happened in basketball multiple times and will happen again. And uh, that's just the way it works, unfortunately. So... But I was excited. I'll tell you what. Let's keep the football theme going. Yep. Let's talk about the announcement today about our Youngstown State Penguins. Yes. As they will, for the first time in 25 years, yeah. be traveling over to Akron to play the Zips. Yeah, it's absolutely about time. I know I have come to the table for probably 60 episodes or darn near close for us to play Akron. Um, and it's nice to see that our neighbor from Summit County are done playing chicken. Casually, after a four and seven year, 
I might add. Um, but it's nice to see that YSU and Akron are playing. Hopefully this, you know, you won't get the big payday or the as big of payday as you might have gotten with other schools or wanted. But this is something that generates a lot of excitement within the fan base. I know a lot of YSU fans that have, for years have wanted to play Akron and Kent. Um, and, you know, who knows? This could open the door to play Kent in the future. Um, but I, I love it. I think it's tremendous. It's going to be in August or September, the first week of the year. So it should be great weather. You should have a lot of YSU fans there. It would not shock me if there are more YSU fans than Akron fans there. September 5th, 2020. Yep, there it is. I, I'm excited. It's the first time since 1995 when we went 3-8 and eight and still – Anthony, how old are you? 28. So this will be really the first time you've ever seen those two teams play. Yes. Yes, and I cannot wait to curb stomp them. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. You know what? You know, and that's the thing. You know, and this shows the age difference, you know, and the generational difference. I remember that that series. It was great. Uh, yeah, it's, it was phenomenal. It was it was a rivalry because the schools were the similar size for many years. Yes. And they were in the same conference for many years. And when Akron moved up to 1AA, YSU followed. Yep. And when when Akron left the Ohio Valley Conference, YSU followed. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I thought at the time, YSU always had an Akron complex. Whatever Akron did, YSU followed. Yes. And it took a long time for that to dissipate. Uh, hopefully, as you said, this will give Northeast Ohio a chance to see uh, Youngstown State and Akron uh, renew a rivalry and continue it. They played 29 times up until yes. 1995, and YSU won 19 of those uh, contests. So it's, it's, it's a great opportunity to see what happens in the future. I'm just thrilled to see them back on the gridiron against each other the way it's meant to be here. Yes. And, you know, I know they've played Kent maybe five or six times in that meantime in the last 25 years, which is not enough. However – no. Uh, hopefully, like you said, it will open up the door. It's a start. And I don't know if we're going to get that, be quite honest with you. I hope it does happen. And, you know, it's a pipe. I'll tell you this. I, I really don't think you'll ever see Youngstown State in the MAC. No. Uh, for those who dream about that, I never think that's, no, that's done. possible. I just don't think they had the budget to pull it off today. 30 years ago, they may have been able to do it and grown not with now. the conference, but not now. Not, not I mean, now. they would need over uh, probably – about two more million dollars in their budget to, to pull that off. And I just don't think they have it. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say this as much as I hope and pray that this leads to a semi-annual series with the two schools and playing Kent. If YSU goes up there and takes care of business, like honestly they should. Uh, they won't be playing Akron anytime soon. Akron won't schedule them. Well, you know what? They got a brand new coach, uh, you know, who uh, comes. And I'll give him credit. And he must I will give him credit. In the, in the game. So, I, it's good for the – it's great for – It's North good East for the Ohio. area. It's great for Northeast Ohio. And, you know, the last 25 years, it went from Youngstown State-Akron game to a Akron-Kent game. Yeah. And if you can – 
in the process, like you said, alternate those two schools and add a Youngstown State into the mix of talking about conversations and games. And truth of the matter is, when you look at all three stadiums, Youngstown State has just as much as uh, a right to host those games as anybody else. Yeah, and they hosted Kent in 97, too. Yeah, it can be done again, and I hope it does. Uh, it'd probably be a two-for-one type deal, which is fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that, too. Only 45 minutes now. <laughs> exactly. It's your backyard. It, it's, yeah. it, it needs to be played. You know, it's like, for example, when Youngstown was able to get Pitt on the schedule and, and West Virginia on the schedule. Yep. They're, they're relatively in your backyard. Yeah, if Pitt's will, an hour and West Virginia's two. If, yeah, if you're, they're willing to play you, then you need to play those games. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know – just like if Ohio State gets back on the schedule, and I think they tentatively are in the future, but great. Let's hope it happens. You know, that's, all, yep. that's my whole point. And, and I'm not worried about wins. I'm worried about competition and, and building a program. And I think the, I think it's uh, a great the program – Yeah, this is just good, good news all the way around. I don't think you can be a football fan in Northeast Ohio and not be excited about the idea of Youngstown State and Akron playing each other again. Simple as that. Yeah, it's it, it's really good for both universities. I know it has sparked a lot of interest and excitement among uh, the YSU fan base. Like I'm sure it probably has sparked some excitement about the Akron fan base because, you know, it gives them another home game. And, you know, it's a chance to see a local team compared to going to Northwestern and, you know, to all these places. Um it's great. It's, you know, with with the kickoff classic this coming year and then playing Akron the following year, I think it's it's a really nice job on Ron Strollo's part. And I know Polini said that he doesn't really getting involved in conversation for scheduling. Uh, but, you know, this one kind of – it meant something to him. It's a, oh, sure. He knows yeah. the history. So – you're competing against these schools for recruits. You're not always winning yeah. that recruiting battle, but you're competing against them. And anytime you can say you're going to be on the field with a, an opponent, it, it's a good thing. And let's just go forward. I mean, it's just – I was excited when I got the tweet this afternoon. Yes. And it made me really thrilled to see that that was happening. When I first seen it, I thought it was a basketball tweet. Yeah. I, I did. I thought I seen a little hoop. I was just reading it, uh, you know, as a little notice that came on my phone, and I said, "Oh, oh, why is she going to play Akron again? That's good, you know." Yeah. Scheduled it in the future for basketball. Yeah. Then I open up the tweet and I see the helmets, and I'm like, "Oh my god, thank goodness!" Yep. And yeah, it's. It was like I said, it's just good news all the way around. Happy for the, uh, all the parties involved and in, in the fans, and this is something that needed to happen. And you know, I'm I'm curious. I don't know if we'll ever know this answer, but I wonder how much Trestle had something to do with it since he was I think a, he played a president at, at Akron for a while here's, and now president at Youngstown State. Here's what I have heard and learned through the grapevine, that the last they were down to two opponents for 2020 as their FBS game, and it was Akron and Cincinnati. And you got to think Cincinnati because of Fickle and Trestle's connections with him. Right. And, of course, Akron makes a ton of sense. So, I think I think it, I think think it, he did play a part in it, um, you know. But I know the guys in the athletic department there, and 
Um, uh, they wanted this game for a long time. I think it, you talk to anybody, they've wanted this game for a long time. And it's, you know, if you go back to 95, they probably have said, we've wanted this game since 95. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, like I said, for many years, for 30 years, these two schools were married together. Whatever one did, the yeah. other followed. Yeah. And when Akron made the move from 1AA to Division One in football, YSU couldn't make that move. But they followed them out of the Ohio uh, Valley Conference, which I thought mm-hmm. was a mistake at the time, and went independent. And they were able to survive, and they won their first national title. Well, championship independent. Independent, yeah. yes. And in those whole years, they were independents up until – I think around 95, 96, they, be, they joined the uh, Missouri yeah, Valley. Yeah, 97 was their first year in yeah. the Gateway, right. now Missouri Valley. So. so, I mean, they were an independent for a very long time, and it hurt the basketball program tremendously. Big time, yes. And in the process, the basketball program it was able to get into the Midcon, and now, of course, in the Horizon League, yes. it's rebounded. And uh, we're seeing some excitement in the basketball uh court here for the penguins too what what a a turnaround you know first you got the women's team who i mean john barnes is, is phenomenal is there a more injury prone size jinx team than the women's team it's not just injuries it's injuries to your star players yes and let's not and let's not forget that nick urbanis who had another year of eligibility this season decided to pre- decided to pursue a career opportunity and move on. You could have had her. I believe I read this year they were down to seven or eight players and six yeah. scholarship players, and they are now third in the conference and a game out of first place. They are a game out of first place, which is considering where this program was – seven or eight years ago, and maybe shorter than that, where they were 0-30. They were 0-30, and it was just a laughing stock. Give Ron Strollo, uh these two hires of first Bob Bolden and now John Barnes. That was about eight years ago, nine years yeah, ago now. Absolute home runs, and it may go down as the best two hires he's made as an athletic director. You know, oh, watch, I wait you and can't see. deny that. I think that can't be denied. What? What day? Other than you could say Pellini, you know, I mean, his hires have gotten better. His original hires were not as successful. His hires in the last five years have been pretty darn good. And in the last eight years have been pretty yeah. good. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it is an absolute stunning turnaround. They were 0-30. And for a long time before that, they were five wins, six wins, eight wins, ten wins. They, they were terrible. I Let's face it, they were terrible. And now they're now they're drawing a thousand people to a game. Oh yeah. Which, you know, like we've talked about, Tim. If you give Youngstown a basketball winner, they're gonna come out. And it's always been a a town that supports good quality basketball and programs. Mm-hmm. And it always will. Uh, you know, I can go back to the ninety-seven penguins team and yep uh that team caught fire the second half of the year and i i seen bigly packed six thousand people for a yeah, game against uh, you will draw them yeah and 
it can happen again. Uh, it just, you know, the university has to find its footing on its basketball program and believe in it. You know, I, and I think we, I think, I think we're starting they, to find yeah, it. I think we're finding it on both programs, which is good to see. And you bring up a good point, uh, you know, for as much success and as much pride, it's fun to watch the women play. I, yes. I know you and I don't get down there with schedule complications and everything, um, but they're fun to watch. Yeah, they're on the, you know, I tune on the in. And they're on, I, they're on the, the local TV and delay, stuff like that. So there's opportunities to see them. The, do you remember last March or two Marches ago, one of our first podcasts, when we probably our first or second episode at your house where we sat down and we talked about the list of potential men's basketball candidates. Yes. And we went through this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. And there was one name that you and I kept coming back to. And I know there's still some people, my friends, one of them, I think he's absolutely insane and I don't want whatever he is drinking. The job Jared Calhoun has done this year is absolutely fantastic. And it's not a surprise to you. And it's not a surprise to me. Um, look, the record speaks for itself. But from where they were to where they are today, you know, I think one, I think Green Bay's head coach or Milwaukee's head coach said, young sons of team, you don't want to play in the tournament. Yeah. Let me say this about the men's program. It's headed – you're really excited about the wins they've had, the exciting yes. – the three-point shot at the end of the game and being able to pull out wins when traditionally in the past 25 they years they were, they were lost. They were lost, yes. The next step for this program and the most important step for this program is not a win but retention. Exactly. The very first exactly. time when this season ends and they go into their off season, don't lose players. No. Don't have people transfer out. Don't lose players that you can build your program with. Don't lose five players and have to start over again. Retention for the men's basketball program is huge. You look at it, just think what the, you know, we, you're just talking about the, the women's program. And what they went through with the injuries and everything mm -hmm. and how they only had about eight players at one point and how mm -hmm. they fought and how they've come back and how he's built that program. And John, you know, Barnes, there's all the credit in the world for what he's done. And, and, and I, you know, have a lot of faith in what he has achieved and will continue to achieve. Mm -hmm. But retention. If you don't have it, you don't win. Especially not, the mid-major level. Well, yeah, especially a low mid-major level. Yep. And, and I'm not criticizing the level. I'm just being honest. Yeah. You have unique kids that can be in the program for four years, maybe five with a red shirt. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to be in the program the entire time, not spend a one season or two seasons and leave or be just a Juco that comes in for one season and then graduates, that type of thing. Yes, those players are important. And they do have value to your program, but the the value long term is the guy that is the young man that you recruit that comes into your program at 18 years old and leaves at 22 or 23 
with a degree and an opportunity to say he helped build this program. And if that's a, a Horizon League championship or if it's, you know, a win in the NCAAs, which has never been done and never been been to, you know, whatever that case may be, that's what you need. I, more than anything, this program needs retention, and it has not had it in 20 years. Yeah, it's this is a critical offseason, um, regardless of how these last four games go. Yes. It, this is, you know, look, great. If you win a game in the conference tournament or if you win two games, great. But retaining players is more important than – that at this point yeah i mean that's the big picture i mean obviously the the finish out the season as strong as you can and get the best seed possible going into the tournament yeah it's huge it's i mean the season's not over i'm not trying to end the season on february 13th i'm just saying when i look at the program and totality i definitely see the the number one issue going forward is retention Hopefully, these players are committed to the program. The program's committed to them, mm-hmm. and they succeed in all areas that are necessary for this program to take the step forward as it continues to grow under Calhoun. And that's all I hope. That's, that's my hope and prayer. Mm-hmm. I know every year I have the same dream of someday watching uh, Selection Sunday, and the Youngstown State Penguins is going to come up on that. Or, yeah. I mean, I've had that dream since 1981, uh, yep. and it's never happened. And there's only a few schools that's never happened to. It's been around since 1981. I think yep. it's like three. So it and has one of them. Yeah, and that's that's I want to get off that list. You know, you're six and seven right now in conference play. Four games to go. Only the top eight make the Horizon League tournament. They changed it this year. Yeah. So only the top eight make it. You got. A, you have a two a game and a half lead on Milwaukee, so you end with IUPUI who's six and six at home, UIC who's seven and five, then you get Wright State I believe who's nine and four, and Cleveland State. Or, no, you get Northern Kentucky in there also. So four games and three of them are against teams that are. That's going to be tough. Up near the top of the league. But you know what has me excited and and confident that this team can get it done? If you look at their conference losses, they haven't gotten blown out. They're not losing by 15, 20, 25. You know, there's seven, eight-point games where a couple plays in the first half and a player two in the second half, and it's a totally different game. So, but like you said, it, if they were to finish – Six and eleven in a conference play this year and lose out. Look, it's not great, but if you retain players next year, you continue to build. It's about building, yeah. and I think right now in year two, I think there's nothing but positives coming from. Let's Calhoun. make the tournament. Let's make the Horizon League tournament and surprise a team in it. I mean, that got to be the goal the rest of the season. Yep. And the big picture is retention and continued growth, bringing in more talent into the program each and every year. And that's yep. what and that's what that's my hope and goal for the for the Penguins. Simple as that. I don't have uh, I've had the same goal every year uh, is to watch this program grow and get better. Uh, since we're talking basketball, real quick, 
Yes. Let me uh, just get this out there. The, the Kane season has come to an end on the regular season. They've made the WPIL ch- uh, championships or uh, tournament. Uh, they have the bye this week. They won't play till Saturday the 23rd. When that will happen, where and who they play has yet to be determined. It's going to be, I think, Ringroll and Fremont, Freeport are the two teams playing. Whoever wins that game will play the Canes on the 23rd. Site and time yet to be determined. The Canes are basically, if the season goes out good for them, they will have an opportunity to defend their WPIL uh, championship at the end of the month. So I'm, 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 I got high hopes for them. Anything can happen in a turning as everybody knows. And hopefully if they win, I believe the first round, they'll probably qualify for the state tournament too. So if things are looking good for the Canes right now, mm-hmm. Ralph Blundo and, and that has been a fun team to watch grow this year. Uh, you know, I think we, I mentioned going into the season, I think there was a total of 20 minutes of total court time. Yeah, they were young, you said. They were extremely young, and they have two freshmen that come off the bench uh, who have uh, – he's only played seven players here in the last ten games. His, you know, his rotation is tight, and they, they come in waves at times. They come one-on-one. They do it differently, and it, it's worked. And uh, a phenomenal game a couple weeks ago at the end of January against uh, Quaker – was it Quaker? Yes, it was Quaker Valley. And uh, went to overtime on the road loss. Uh, but they had a game that was winnable at the very end too. So uh, since then, they finished out the season strong. They, like I said, got the first round by. They have two games to get to the peat. So the path to the peat is there. And with any uh, good luck, I will be at center court of uh, the Peterson Center in Pittsburgh here at the end of the month, uh, calling a game as we uh, cheer on the Canes uh, to try to win a uh, their three-peat of the WPIL in uh, Quad 4A. Yeah, it's incredible. The, uh, the basketball in the area, including Western Pennsylvania, is really strong again. High, at the high school level – uh, we just touched on the college level. Uh, it, it's absolutely incredible. The, you know, we're a football town first and foremost, maybe baseball second, some people argue. Uh, but the basketball year in and year out is always strong, either here and in western Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, speaking of sports, let's continue on here and try to get through mm-hmm. this real quickly. I know uh, there's a lot going on and a lot still to talk about and even yep. – and get into more philosophical things, which I like. But yeah, uh, let's talk uh, Major League Baseball. The Indians, yep. are, who we mentioned at the beginning, back in street trading, the full team reports at the end of the week. Uh, free agency has been a complete dud for the entire Major League season. And You aren't kidding. Uh, however, I have, you know, I kind of have a different thought on that than, than I've been hearing. It has been – glutted and it has been slow mm-hmm. and there's a lot of players out there and there's some players that the Indians should look at and hopefully it can open up the purse big enough to get a couple of them mm-hmm. or at least somebody to help them because they don't have Lindor to start the season and we could talk about that here in a second but mm-hmm. uh, the Manny Machado Bryce Harper scenario 
I don't blame these teams. There's only maybe four teams that can afford them. Mm-hmm. And then you have to think, why do you need one of these players? All right. If you're the New York Yankees who can't afford one of these players, you got to be looking at Machado more than you got to look at Bryce Harper because you already have Stanton on your team. I agree with that. You know? So. And nobody's going to trade for Stanton in his contract right, right now. Right. And why would you? You can't. No one yeah. can afford it. Maybe the Dodgers. That's about the it. The Dodgers, but yeah. You know, uh, Chicago's not going to do it. The no. Cubs have pulled back their spending. Uh, the White Sox, he's not They're talking about trading Brian. Right. Yeah. And the White Sox are, are a team that's, you know, rebuilding. Uh, and I think they're headed in the right direction. Couple years. They may, be there within, they may be the surprise team this year in baseball. Uh, they have enough talent to be a very good team this year. I'm not saying they'll win it all or anything like that. However, I think they but can surprise, they'll surprise the people. Yeah. Yeah. They can be what Minnesota was two years ago. It was a couple years ago. Great point. I, I think that's where the White Sox have that potential to be. Uh, and I can see Machado landing there. But this, the idea of any team making a 10 year commitment to any player in 2019 is utterly ridiculous to me. I can't do it completely agree. as much as I think the talent level of those two players are and has deserve it. Yeah. 26, 27 year old players who are going to be around who are going to be leaders, but major league baseball contracts are guaranteed. Yeah. So God forbid something terrible happens and they blow out their knees in the first or second year of a contract. They got to pay it off. Yep. And, I'll put it in simple terms. You go back 30 years ago, well, 40 years ago, yeah. when free agency began, the Indians went all in on Wayne Garland. Okay? At the time, it was a record deal. They signed a pitcher, Wayne Garland, who won 20 games the previous year with Baltimore for, get this, Anthony, this this will blow your mind how much the numbers have changed. It was for 10 years for $2.5 million. <laughs> oh, my God. And that was a huge contract. Man, you make that in a game now. Over a million dollars a year. This was 1977, 76? Yep. 76, 77? I think it's 77 season. And uh, his second year with the Indians, he tore his rotator cuff. This was before surgeries are like they are. Yeah. That you can reconstruct. So your career ending. Yes, it was. I mean, he fought back and he played for about four years or five years with the Indians. But they but never taken him off the last five years of that contract. And – I'm not saying Bryce Harper is not going to finish a 10-year contract. God, I don't want to see that happen. I want to see him play. Yep. I want to see Manny Machado. But I'm not going to pay a guy $30 million a year for 10 years. I'm not going to make that type of commitment. And I don't blame any team for saying no. And seven years is scary enough. And that's what they're talking now. You know, that 10-year yeah. Contract is all right, maybe 10, maybe still at the same for price, but less years. That would still give me, you know, a heart attack yeah. if I was an and major league baseball team. It's just, you know, that's that's a huge investment that may never pay off. And you know, and today getting insurance on these contracts is not as easy as it once was. So I don't know. Uh, I don't have a problem with, I mean, I think. Agents have to recognize the market has changed quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And they have to then re 
examine how they bring a player to free agency and when they bring a player to free agency. And uh, we're going to run into this every year. I really, truly believe this is not – last year we've seen it. This year we're going to see it. Someone's going to sign both these players, and it's probably going to be longer than I anticipate. All right. Someone's going to get an eight- to ten-year deal probably. I don't know which one or where, mm-hmm. but it'll happen. I think Machado to the White Sox makes the most sense. I agree with I, that. I still think Philadelphia is in the in the in the mix for, the uh, for Harper. Yeah. I mean, he could go back to the Nationals too on a shorter contract. I could see that too, but I don't see no short term contract like a one year deal for either or. They're gonna no, I don't see five, what what the Giants are. They're going to get five minimum of five year and probably seven or eight. You know, with options maybe stretching it out to 10 years Mm -hmm. buy out after five you know how they do all that crap yeah yeah that's what's gonna happen and i just you know we'll see i think one of those two has to sign this week for the rest of the players to sign and it's gonna come down to you know you know kind of the old saying you gotta poop or get off the pot you know that's right and and that's where they're at yeah you know it's just that simple and i i was i used my pg uh, sentence there in case you <laughs> yep. get played on our partner over there at uh, West Reserve Digital Radio, which I, I, I want to give a shout out to why we had the opportunity and uh, all our friends over there. And I want to throw out a couple names for you if you're the Indians. Okay. Depending on the scenario, Mike Mustakis is still out there. I would love it. When Lindor comes back, who are you putting out short in the meantime? I think you just buy time. I, you can even put Ramirez there. Buy, as long as you get Mike McSauce got third. Garrett. Yep. Okay. Uh, you, get, you, know, you can make changes. Hell, you could put Kipnis back in the alpha if you actually actually have to. You know. Hey. I'm not saying. I mean, the way to, Kipnis is buffed up this offseason, he I, might be. Uh, I don't expect it, but, you know. I have a I have another name I want to throw at you. Two okay. more. Actually, this one here is the one. I, I got a name too when you're done. All right. Are you ready for this one? Yes. I think this is some very doable. I don't think McStoskis is doable. I don't think that'll happen. But I think this is someone they should look at. Derek Dietrich. Love it. We talked about that last year, the possible trade. Yeah. He's local far from San Ignatius. Well, he – well. Yep. Yeah, and he could fill in it short for the uh, for the six weeks that he may not have uh, Lindor. Mm-hmm. All right, he's not the he's not the most defensive guy in the world, but you know, here's a guy who has a, a nice stick. You can play multiple positions, and with Francona's desire to use players in infield and outfield, I think he fits perfectly. I agree with that. I agree with that hundred percent. I don't think it'll happen, but that's who I, my recommendations are. I will throw out this name, too, as sadly as it is to see Melky sign with the Pirates. Uh, you know, I think we both kind of wanted him back. But I will say this, um, depending on how long Lindor is out, because honestly, I don't feel like going into opening day in Minnesota with Max Moroff as your shortstop to begin the year. So I'm going to throw this name out here, 
as a stopgap until Lindor comes back and maybe a utility infielder. A Denny Echeverria. Great glove. Yeah. He's going to be cheap. You only need him for one year. Uh, 244 last year between the Marlins and the Yankees. Right. You know, no. not a great bat, but you don't need to buy time. You don't need to buy time for at worst a month or saying. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Six weeks max. Let's let's say, you know, that it just takes a little longer for certainly. Lindor. You're talking yeah. about May 15th instead of May 1st. Yeah, so it, it's doable. I, uh, Echeria can play second. He can play third. He can play short. And with Tito's, you know, desire this year to use guys like Lindor and Ramirez to get as the DH every 10 to 15 days to get them off their feet but still have their bat in the lineup, I think it makes sense, you know. He's he's an above-average fielder. He's not going to cost a ton. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? He's he's quite shortstop his whole career in the big leagues uh, primarily. So – that's a name I thought about the last couple of days. Um, wouldn't mind seeing the Indians do that. Um, listen, are are we done spending? I don't know. No, knowing the I Indians and yeah. n- knowing the Indians and uh, this front age, this uh, front office, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy late February, beginning of March sign. They have proven and they have earned the the benefit of the doubt that if there is a hole or a possible upgrade, they'll go get it no matter what. And we've seen that. Last year with uh, Mookie Cabrera. And they deserve it. And that proved to be a really good signing. So, look, I think we put, you know, the faith in Antonetti and Chernoff and, you know, see what happens. Yeah, Mookie Cabrera got the contract that veterans get from the Pirates. Yep. Yeah, um, it's a minor league invite. Makes the team. It's a two million dollar contract. Probably, yep. you know, when the Indians were talking to him, probably it was you know a million and a half through a million. You know, and yeah, so you take some more money. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you take you take the best offer, and that's just the way it works. Well, let me throw this out to you then. With the Pirates outfield pretty much intact, with Dickerson when he gets healthy, and Polanco and Marte. You know, if Cabrera doesn't – and Chisinau, too. Yeah. Uh, God forbid if you can say, oh, hopefully – I like Lonnie. I owe, I owe him nothing but the best. Um, you know, so there's four right there. You know, it, if Cabrera doesn't make the team, it wouldn't surprise me to see him back in an Indian uniform this year. It's possible. It not I mean, he get into camp. He found a camp to get into. He got a good contract. Exactly. That's what everybody's trying to do at this point. Exactly. That's and what trying to do at that's, you know, games. and that's why I'm, you know, I don't know where, what will happen. Um, I expect the Indians to make a move. If that's another bullpen or pitcher two. or whatever the case may be. Uh, obviously an infielder of some ability to play all, you know, yeah, I think we'll see an infielder getting invite. Yeah, it, it, it has yeah. to happen. Just because, I mean, Chang may – you, Chang, may end up as starting third baseman this year because of the injury. It could happen. Yeah. I don't expect it. It could happen. It could. I, they're high on him. But it, I, you know, let's just say I think there's a possibility. I just don't think it's a high possibility. I think it's a low possibility. I think he'll end up in AAA. However, 
because of the scenario the Indians are in with Lindor being out. Uh, for the I think we'll get a look. Yeah, he's going to have an opportunity. A strong look. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting be... to see. I mean, Ramirez came up as a shortstop. I'm not sure they'll put him there or not to start the season. It's possible. I don't I'm think not, they will. I, but I don't it, think they will. I'm not. This is... I don't believe it. I don't, I'm don't. i saying it, and I don't believe it. But, yeah. Uh, I understand what you mean. I, it's I, a possible it's, it, solution. It logic Indians to it. Need. I just don't know if I believe it. This is exactly – look, we do not want an injury of any sort to anybody, especially to the cornerstone of our franchise who has helped us out immensely. But this is exactly why fans like you and I pay attention to spring training and myself fly down there to watch these games because it's fun seeing players like Chang, who we know is going to get – a lot of work in the big league games. He won't be playing in the B games. He'll be playing in the big league games. And he'll be traveling with the big league squad in the split squad games. And to me, that's exciting. That's really exciting. And I think as a baseball purist yourself, you get excited about that that too. You know, I know people say it doesn't count and why are you flying down there? Why do you pay attention? But it's so much more than so you know, it matches. It's springtime. Yeah. Uh, it, it, if you're a, if you're a sports fan, anybody understands baseball and loves the game understands the appeal of spring training. It's not. It's so much more than the NFL preseason. Yes. It's so much well, more than basketball. It's not even the same thing. It's, just, it's it, not even the same thing. And, I, and and I have nothing against those who go to Berea or no, to I don't Europe. either. Or whatever your favorite team is, if you can watch them play in, you know, in training camp, go for it, enjoy it, have fun. I've, I've done before at the Buccaneers, but yeah, right. You know, I'm just saying, yeah, you can do it. It's it's there's nothing wrong with it, and it's a great way to get fans involved. And you know, it's it's a little showy, but you know, that's just that's part of the game. Yeah, that you know, you have to showcase your game somehow. And spring training is about getting players ready. And, you know, come mid-February, you start playing games, you know, and next thing you know, it's everyday routine you know, from that point on. And, and as a baseball fan, that's all you can ask for, and that's what you want. And Now, here's a name to pay attention for that I forgot to mention the Pirates outfield for our Pirates fans out there. There's this guy, Garth Brooks, with oh, a yeah. one-week contract. For the Buccas, you keep an eye on him. He might have a nice little swing there and glove, and he could. Uh, yeah, he's had a. This is the second or third time with that, the team. Not the Pirates, but he's he's done this before. He's done before. Yeah. You know, if that uh, if, if that music gig of hers doesn't work out, God, he's really struggling with that lately. You know, he does swing but, an axe, so. <laughs> I couldn't go. I couldn't miss it. I was on a team. That's what makes spring training so enjoyable is all the Pirates fans who get to go down to spring training this year get to see Garth Brooks. You know, how cool is that? Oh, that's, you know, that's just Garth Brooks is probably close to my age for Christ's sake. You're going to see him in a baseball uniform. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is March 9th when I fly down, Grant Stanton is going to have a one week contract ready for you to go, right? Uh, you're ready. You're ready. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I feel that's right. Uh, you might be playing short to come, uh, you know, oh, April 3rd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You'll be the replacement, huh? Batting That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you pay me in ballpark mustard and hot dogs. I'll be good to you, though. Yeah. Oh, hey, there you go. Hey. You know what? It's it's a fun time of the year. We say that a lot it's around here. the best here. time of the year to me. Well, it's it's just this is, you know, this is what we have here in, uh, as sports fans. Is it just one rolls into the other? Yep. And you know, like you know, I could talk about the high school basketball thing, and we're going to get into it. But real quickly on that, real quick, since I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. two more episodes at least of Running with the Cane should be released before the 23rd. So I'll be caught up on that. And, uh, also, uh, you know, check out Trib Live, uh, Trib, T-R-I-B-H-S-S-N dot TribLive.com. And, uh, they have all the information there about the WPIAL, uh, playoffs and uh, bracketology and all that. So you want to check that out. And, uh, all the games are archived there. So if you want to check out some of the best teams in the state, uh, do that. Uh, check out Mars. Mars is the number one ranked team in the state. So, uh, and last year I broadcast from both Mars and Moon. <laughs> yes, for those international uh, listeners, Pennsylvania has two towns: one named Moon, Pennsylvania, Mars, and the other one named Mars. So <laughs> last year during the playoffs, we I broadcast from both Mars and Moon. So is this your Saturn and Uranus next? I just want to get to the Pete. <laughs> I just want to get to the Pete. <laughs> if I have to go through you, the moon and the Mars to get to the Pete, you sound I'm all the way. You it. sound more excited to get to the Pete than Pitt basketball fans do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's, it's that time of the year. What can I yes, say? Yes, it is. So you're feeling last week, Gemma, who was yeah. just phenomenal. Uh, May time uh, from Melbourne, Australia. If you haven't checked out that episode, please do. Uh, and uh, very fortunate that she's made a, a verbal commitment to uh, come back on in about three, four weeks uh, as we get closer to the AFLW uh, finals. As that season will be wrapping up, it's only eight weeks long, and we're in week three this weekend. So uh, a lot of fun. Uh, check that out on the internet. Uh, it is, it is a great game. I'm, I'm absolutely enthralled with it. I'm thrilled to, to uh, be a fan and uh, found out this, Anthony, uh, talking to her last week. Rooting for Collingwood will not make me like a, a Yankee fan in, in Australia. So that makes me It happy. won't? It will not. She says if what I did it? that with Hawthorne, I would be that. So uh, I'm good. I'm good. So you're what? Angels, Dodgers? Yeah, probably. Like, well, you know what it is. They're uh, they they made the champion. They made the fi- grand finals last year. All right, uh, but okay. they haven't won one in a while, I guess. And so you're uh, dressed like the year, Indians. Yeah, yeah. That's there what you thought. go. Yeah, and not quite as bad, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So should be a lot of fun. And uh, my other new team, uh, Liverpool, in the. Uh, in the Premier League is doing well, still on top of the standings. Jumped on that bandwagon by accident, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll keep running that one too. So I don't know if we'll get anybody from uh, Liverpool on. I don't. I haven't even reached out. So well, maybe we will here. Their season's just about wrapped up, so they yeah. don't have a uh, a playoff or a, 
a finals type thing. It's just win the uh, win the big standings win in the league, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to Gemma in case she's listening, and uh, thanks you again, and look forward to talking to her soon. All right, yeah, Anthony. Fine. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Um, it's great to have baseball back. However, my my final thought is. Uh, let's get a couple of big wins th- th- this weekend for our men's and women's basketball team and uh, get some momentum heading into the Rise League tournament. And who knows? Maybe the women's team will have their name called on selection Monday. Uh, yes. Yes. Monday. Yeah. All right. I don't know who came up And maybe that even a matchup with uh, local Notre Dame or maybe Geno's girls. Hey, you never know. You never know. That's right. It could happen. Let's just hope it does happen. How's That's that? That's right. Just make exactly. give, give me in the tourney. Anything can happen. That's right. That's right. Anthony, have a good night, my friend. Thank you very much. You too. All right. Everyone, stay tuned for more from Radio MVP as we bring you not only our sports podcast, but Running with the Canes and many other podcasts, including the YSU football report. Uh, that will be coming your way again. Maybe we'll even do one during a spring uh, practice here, Anthony. Yeah, that kicks off later in the month. Yeah. So much to get to. There's oh, so much going a on. Ton. Right now. <laughs> a ton. Plus, we have the to NFL draft in April. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> never said oh, Green Top doesn't have anything to talk about. I never understood that. You know, people used to, you know, when I did the uh, talk show years ago. Oh, they would oh, cry. Yeah, There's no, nothing to talk about. Uh, nothing to talk about. You know, uh, I can get into Lazy Radio rant again. I seen something today on Twitter. We just, I wanted to. Well, let's just say, thank God I don't listen to the. I'm going to be quiet. Right, here we go. <laughs> I know I work in radio, but I don't listen to the radio. Listen to me in the podcast. Much better. All right. For Anthony and Kenneth Field, I'm Tim and Foreman. Have a great night, everyone.